Beware Maria. Maria talks about music, about education, about psychology and art, about sex and gender roles, about meaning and purpose, about things that are fun or interesting and can relate to each other. Maria has conversations with herself and with others and she finds it a bit odd to talk about herself in the third person. Just beware and think about it. Hello, hello. Beware Maria season two, episode one with Maria Soriano with you. And um, I've been taking a 20 weeks break because I had to do a lot of things. What have I been up to? I've been up to studying a lot, getting um, a counselling diploma. And I've been to learning a lot of things and getting ready for a lot of changes. But the most important change I've been through, I think, is deeply allowing myself the time to connect to my life force. And you may know what is life force, but in case you don't, I'll let you know, it's that impulse, it's that sensation, it's that feeling, unmistakable feeling of connecting with your purpose, with what you are to do, with what you really want. And I've, I find it really relevant to me because it's given me that strength to be back here, to continue talking about things and to have very, very clear what I'm going to pursue next. My love force, which is teaching, which is communicating and which is making more music. So I'll be talking about those uh, aspects a lot more in my next episodes. When you see yourself connected and doing more of what you want to do, you're very likely to be following your life force. And yeah, other people might call it differently. You may call, I'm doing what I'm passionate about. How connected you feel to your passion? Is there something that you really want to do and you're not letting yourself do it or that you are doing? Passion, it's contagious. If I ask you, to if I start talking to you about something that I'm not passionate about, um, start to say, uh, yes, uh, I am very interested in lumps. You see a different kind of lumps of colors and materials. You, it might be someone else's passion, but I know not much about it. You will notice that it is not my passion. But if I start talking to you about the benefits of singing and most especially about the benefits of singing in a group and the experiences I had with people by doing so, you're going to notice that's that's something that I'm really, really into. Or if I talk to you about how important it was to me to learn formally to defend myself from verbal abuse and how I love teaching it to people in general and how I see those changes in people and, and people using different strategies uh, when when they are communicating and how effective it is because this is something we most of us were not taught in schools although I know that it's being taught in schools now in, in some some schools and uh, is a is a fantastic job that um, that some people are doing now, and I fully support. I can say passion for communication in many forms is my life force. 
It can be singing, it can be making music, writing it, um, uh, performing it on my own, performing it in a group, conducting it. It is talking in different ways, like um, teaching. I love particularly to teach people to gain space. You may want to gain space in order to better express yourself, to defend yourself from an attack, to be more in control of the situation that you're into, or to tell your story. And talking about life force, I have a drive for listening to French music of the late 19th century and the beginning of the 20th century. Most especially the music by Claude Debussy and the pieces by Satie. And uh, unfortunately, I can't sing in French publicly very much because I can't speak it and I find it so difficult to pronounce all those vowels. I, I, never, I never got to be able to pronounce French. But I love how it sounds. French vowels and English vowels, there are so many, and uh, I, I can't speak English, but I can read French. However, I want to play to you the first of the chanson d'abilities, because it's beautiful. These are chanson d'abilities are a collection of three songs, moving between what is traditional harmony and modality. And that makes them really special and very, very atmospheric. Um, what is a mode? Because I'm going to play the first song. And uh, a mode, I would say, is a way in which you order the note of a scale according to intervals. Uh, so that will create a, a framework over which the composer is working. And you can use it in mode in many different ways, like uh, they normally would evoke different moods, different feelings. One is more mysterious, another feels happier. Traditionally, uh, we have been using two modes, the major and the, and the minor mode, but we use a lot of older scales, Greek scales. Yeah. And the, um, this song is in the Lydian, part of it is in the Lydian, ancient Greek Lydian mode. The easiest is that I, I just sing it. So the modern, the Lydia mode is like a seven tone musical scale with um, a praising pattern that has three tones and then a semitone and then two tones and then a final semitone. So instead of being Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Se, Do, it would be Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Se, Do. You hear? That the before is do re mi fa, and this one will be do re mi fa. So that is the Lydian, and you can start it not necessarily in do, which is C. And in Spain, in conservatory, and when you study music, uh, I suppose they still do that. We say the name of the notes when we're reading. I know that for British people that can be super weird, but we, we're reading, and even if it's rhythmically, we go. Do, re, mi, fa, mi, mi, sa, la, 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 si, si, la, so, fa, mi. That's, that's the way that we do the solfeggi. From the times that I was uh, a student, I don't know, this might have changed. But it was quite a good tongue twister, especially when we were not singing it, just saying it as a rap kind of thing. Anyway, we, we can get really proficient at that. The first chanson of, of abilities um, was written in... The poems used for these songs were written by a guy called Pierre-Louis, 
who was born in 1870 in Ghent and was a very noted French poet and novelist who moved to Paris. And in Paris, he created um, the, a review and then he published his first poems and then Debussy took some of them. The Chanson of the Villetis were a collection of 155 around the life of a, of a woman who is Villetis. And then these poems, which are divided which are divided in three sections. These three poems uh, set are from the first section that are titled Bucoliques and Pam... I, I can't say it. Bucoliques and Pamphylia. And Debussy was there to give the most beautiful music to three of them. Debussy was to the conservatory, admitted to conservatory in Paris in 1872 to study piano and solfege in France. I wonder... He was made to do the la, si la fa 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 sol, si do. Uh, that would be interesting to know. Because I, I know that in Italy, I've heard that they do also similar to what we do here. And northerners, they don't necessarily sing the name of the notes. Lyrics are beautiful and I would like to read those to you. There is a resemblance in the tone, in the mode, and in the spirit of the songs to Peleas and Medisant, which is his opera. And it is only normal because he composed that opera in, in, in a very close uh, amount of time to the poems. And the poem is here. This was 1897. It's, it's called La Flute de Pan, Pan's Pipe. Let's get some nice garden sounds. And a little bit of rubber. Mm, I can smell the jasmine on a summer night. For day of high esteemphos, he gave me a pipe made of well-trimmed reeds, bound with a white wax that is as sweet as honey to my lips. He teaches me to play, seated on his knees. But I tremble a little. He plays it after me so softly that I can hardly hear him. We have nothing to say to each other, so close we are to one another. But our songs long to converse, and turn by turn our lips meet on the flute. It is late. The song of the green frogs is here, starting up with the night. My mother will never believe that I stayed so long to search for my lost belt. And we are going to hear the version sung by Sasha Cook. Oh, 
Let's do a bit of MSAR. Autonomous sensory meridian response on my table. Should you get an idea of how does it look and how does it hear? I've got pens in my table, obviously. We got, what has I got? I've got a notebook with the notes of the things I'm going to say, but I normally skip it. Mm. Uh, what else? We've got a ticket. What's this ticket for? Uh, it's a petrol ticket. Expenses. That's how expenses are like. I've got a mug for my tea. I've got buttons for the craft project in different colours. See how this is. Do you get that brain massage? Do you get that relaxing sedative sensation that begins on your scalp and moves down the body? I got, oh, this is a good one. I got some nail, I've got a nail file and, and, and some manicure tool because sometimes if I got, if I have a really long and boring Zoom call, I might be doing my nails also at the same time. That's the metallic one. The fire. Okay, trigger warning, trigger warning. My desk. But you know why? Uh, but you know what? I think I'm not doing this well because for a MSR, I should get closer to the microphone. I should have a bit more game. Let's give it a bit more game. And I should talk like this. Hello. Hello, I'm going to speak very slowly and it doesn't really matter what I say because what matters is the sound of my voice and I'm going to speak very softly until maybe you fall asleep and I have a tiny cup with me and I'm going to use it for you to hear it, how it sounds 
This little cup contained raisins that I was eating before. And this is what it does. Tingly. Tingly. It's very, very specific. It's a very specific sound. Okay, enough is enough. ASMR is a fascinating thing. And not everybody feels it. I don't think I can feel a lot of that. And that's why I find it so weird. But reading about it, I would like to feel it. They they say there is a sensation that goes, I think, like behind. It starts on the scalp, moves to the neck, goes through the spine. And... Uh, Wow, that is a kind of low-grade euphoria, like a nice feeling. That's why there's so many videos about it, uh, with them, uh, sorry, not about it, uh, with the actual sounds. Mm. And some of them are classified as, uh, as aim erotica, erotic sounds that are also sexually stimulating. And others know that it's just a, a way to provoke that sensation, autonomous sensory meridian response. Uh, I'm envious of that. I would like to feel some of that, but not sure that can be deliberately provoked. That there are sounds like whispering or using your hands to, to touch or, or to tap over something. This contemporary history of uh, ASMR is, not, is quite recent because it's I see that it's only started in uh, 2007 in a discussion forum where someone started saying that he was feeling this kind, this kind of, of sensations. And there were so many interchanges about it that this term was adopted. It is said that uh, Virginia Woolf, in 20, 1925, in Mrs. Dalloway, described something in a passage that can be compared to it. And this is when Mrs. Dalloway, side by side, a nursemaid, speaks to the man who is her patient, deeply, softly, like a mellow organ, but with a roughness in her voice, like a grasshopper's, which rasped his spine deliciously and sent running up into his brainwaves of sound. So that could be a very early definition of what we now call ASMR. I don't get that sensation, but I quite like some of the sounds. It's like I can enjoy some ASMR, which is something I learned about in my many Googling times that I spent during the pandemic. What did you learn? What new things did you learn during the pandemic? I think we all learned loads. And now that the pandemic is still not over, we have another serious pandemic that is violence against women. The United Nations estimated on the first months of the pandemic that because of the confinements and the isolation periods, there could be a huge rise in case of violence against women and that this could be of around 15 million cases more of what we were usually having every three months. I mean, 15 million more, not just 15 million full stop, and every three months. And 
this did happen. We went backwards. We were improving a bit and it went backwards again with people confined. There was a follow-up in some countries and the number of cases against women and girls that were reported rose and 83% only in the period between the start of the pandemic and the whole of 2020. And the number of cases reported to the police was of a 64%. Not counting the number of countries where violence against women is not a crime because they don't have the legislation about it. Cases are not reported. Uh, cases of sexism, harassment, abuse, coercion and control, microaggressions. And I really want to say this today on International Women's Day or around International Women's Day as an international woman that I am concerned about this. Did you know that in, in the UK, sexual harassment against women is not a crime? Maybe, yes, you know, because the media has been talking about this a lot recently. And there is a majority of people who would want to make it a criminal offence. Why don't they make it a criminal offence? I mean, why was it not a criminal offence long ago in the first place? And, well, so there is a lot. International Women's Day is to me not a day to celebrate with a cross and in bed because you're a woman. Is is a day to deeply reflect for everybody, men and women. We need everybody in this in, in order to change anything. Because I, I deeply believe that patriarchy does not only oppress women, it also oppress men. And we need to do this together. Uh, so there's a lot to do. And we need not only legislation, but also education. Education and training. Training of people to deal with those situations. If you are the subject of the abuse or the harassment or if you witness it. And training for perpetrators. Because we should and we must look at what is happening in the world. What is happening, what has been happening in society that creates a perpetrator. What kind of power do they feel they have over a victim? What understanding of power that is? What system, what mechanisms are leading so that we have a society with victims and perpetrators? How can we look at the bigger picture, look at society, change ourselves, change our bias, promote change from whatever our position in society is? Let's get things done. Let's move forward. And I don't know how I got from ASMR into this, but I think we need some music, so let's go for it.
Let's get things done. Let's get things understood. And let's move forward beyond resistance. Beyond what we don't want. Let's reach farther. A lot farther. Let's get things done and achieve freedom. So that every woman and every person can get fulfillment with no need for war. No need for power play. No need for victims or perpetrators. Let's go together, only together we go, and together we can achieve. Let's shout if we have to, let's shout louder, wider and wider, and let's rest after, let's take good rest when things are done. This is it for today. Beware Maria with Maria Soriano, that's me. And first episode of the second Syria. You can contact me if you want to tell me anything or cooperate with me at bewaremaria at gmail.com. And that's all for today. Have a good week. <laughs>